Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. one 855 nj diet and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. What's up, y'all? This is Tim Einenko with The Library. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. That's at The Library with Tim. That's at The Library with Tim. Also, check me out on rapstation.com for my full interviews and also updates from all the And You Don't Stop crew. Give it up for Naughty by Nature! <laughs> On February 24th, in front of a packed Gramercy Theater in New York City, Naughty by Nature celebrated the 20th anniversary of the hit single, Hip Hop Hooray. That's right, it's been 20 years since Hip Hop Hooray dropped. Naughty by Nature is currently on tour, celebrating 20 years of Hip Hop Hooray. Well, I had a chance to catch up to Tretch to talk about 20 years of Hip Hop Hooray and his career. This interview will air in three parts. Man, the Hip Hop Hooray tour is celebrating 20 years of the landmark single Hip Hop Hooray. Can you believe it's been 20 years since you wrote that? What has been the reaction so far? I mean, it's been amazing. Each spot we hit, it's like we've seen fans that never seen a Naughty by Nature show before, so... I mean, it's like an honor for us to be able to get up there, hit them, and leave them with something that, you know, a lot of them, we speak to them, and they like, we never had opportunity to, but we glad y'all still out there because they don't make this type of music anymore. I want to go into uh, the writing process of this track. Um, did you and Vinny, did you guys write together on it? Because you, you know, there's parts where you guys go back and forth, or did you just go to your separate places, your corners, and do your own yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Basically, I just laid the blueprint out, and he had none. He only thing he had to do was go up in there and drop the lyrics. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I was back then just really into just making the tightest songs possible. So, a lot of people, he was there, so it was like, why won't you just rhyme on these tracks as well? Let it give it a different element of performance when we on stage. So. Uh, during those times, I was just writing writing his lyrics into it, so it would just make the the whole vibe of the show that much more hyper. And plus, take a load off of me. It's a lot of lyrics to be <laughs> doing within those those hours on stage, so it was kind of me putting a break on me somewhat. Right. I, actually, I want to go into that. Your, the first album you guys did was obviously very heavy. You, and then the second, mm-hmm. you know, the second album, nineteen ninety three. Uh, incorporate a lot of Vinny. Was that was that the plan from the get go uh, to kind of slowly bring uh, Vinny on, you know, onto the mic? 
Well, it wasn't actually the plan. What had happened was the people started asking, like, when are we going to start hearing you on some more records? You know, like after Uptown Anthem came out, they heard him on that as well. So with the first album, he basically wasn't on there at all. So with the fans, you know, we love giving them what they want. So that's when I went in the lab and like, you know what, we're going to start writing you in from more of a lyrical standpoint in the group because that's what the fans are asking for. So how, how did when when you guys were started doing that? How, how did your your own writing process change uh, when I guess from the first album well, to the second album? I mean, with me, I'm I'm just a beast on it. It's like yeah. even if you never heard Naughty by Nature with an album out at the, at the time, if we were touring in a year, Mister Year, or whatever else, I always stayed in the studio writing, whether it was just unreleased stuff or with different groups or cliques or like the whole local hip-hop scene in Jersey. So I never I never stopped writing. I've been writing forever. And I, that's like, it's like a hobby to me. To get in there and get in the studio. I love being in the studio. Whether it's like a project that's slated to come out or not, I just love being in there and creating. I love that. One thing, I think one thing a lot of people appreciate about, uh, especially the second album, uh, you guys... I think you did this purposely. You guys never glorified the street. You just kind of spoke to what the street was about. Mm-hmm. Um, was what? Why weren't you? I guess why weren't you tempted to? I guess do the glorification part of it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It, none of it, none of it. The way we did it, like I said, was even planned. We knew nothing about making hit albums or anything. We just had our own type of swag, our own type of. Doing things, I always was more of a writer where I didn't want you to get it on the first go. I wanted you to figure it out. You know what I mean? I didn't want everybody to be able to just say my lyrics. I look at it like a singer. You know what I mean? You can sing along with Mariah Carey, but you know you can't hit those notes. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I always wanted to have it like, okay, I want you to be able to be with me and rock with me, but you're not going to listen to me and be like, you know what? I could do it better than him. You gonna you gonna respect my chops? What what keeps you? I guess what keeps you going after twenty two years? I mean, this is it, it gets to a point where it's all you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this. Our first record came out. We was in. We was just turning twenty. Wow. So it was like this is what we've been doing since high school, junior high. Um, first round my role, I was twelve years old. So after the Sugar Hill Gang and Cold Crush Crash Crew, all that era. It was like, this is a part of the game I need to be in. Mm. I love this music, this culture a little bit too much. I can't just, it's not enough records for me to go out and buy. I got all the records I could get, all the all the underground tapes. It's like, I need to make my own stuff now. I actually, I, I read in a, an, a, an old interview that you, after the first album dropped, you you didn't, I mean, they asked, Would you, do you think you'd be doing this 22 years later? And you said, uh, you know, after the first album, I didn't think so. So I was wondering why why was that the case, but also what would you think you'd be doing if 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 for some reason this didn't work out? What what, what would have been your second career choice? Wow, um, it was it really wasn't a good look for me because after junior high, after high school, and everything else, like well, really during high school, the streets really had took me over. So it was like my sports aspirations and all of that was down the tool because I like high school and everything else. I wasn't even I was I was real good in baseball and football but 
I never pursued it in high school because I was in the streets. So if this hip hop thing ain't go along, I would have been I would have been in trouble. Oh, yeah. I'd have been in I would have been in trouble. I had to do something along this along this line. Had to. So was, or okay. it would have just been a, it would have been a regular nine to five. So I mean, so so writing for you is a I guess kind of a therapeutic thing or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it's everything. It's therapeutic. It's um, inspirational. Um, it, it keeps me going. It keeps the mind sharp. It keeps me always like reaching out there to to, to figure out what's going to be that next niche and that next or what what the game going to be like. Ten years from now, mm. is my music still going to be relevant? Ten years from now, that I'm writing now, so I never wanted to be to the point where it's dated. Mm. You know, when you hear it, it's just good music. It's not like you know what that sounds like. It was made in the '80s or the '90s or 2000, the first decade of 2000. It's just good music. So that's what I, I, I thrive off. That's part one of my interview with Tretch. We'll continue this interview next week. This is The Library with Tim. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. That's at The Library with Tim. And keep checking www.rapstation.com for updates from all the end. You don't stop through. Peace.
What's up, y'all? This is Tim Einicker with The Library. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. That's at The Library with Tim. That's at The Library with Tim. Also, check me out on rapstation.com for my full interviews and also updates from all the Andy Stop crew. Here's part two of my interview with Tretch from Naughty by Nature. A lot, so obviously a lot of the fans, or a lot of people know you um, for OPT, Kill Me Flow, Uptown Anthem, and of course Hip Hop Array. But I was wondering, uh-huh. um, are there songs that you wish people knew, like, or in any of the songs that I guess the masses have slept on? Nah, not really, because the true fans and stuff is crazy. They know album songs. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like even if we do a song that we never had a single for on the show, I mean, the funniest thing to me is like going to Japan and stuff, and they don't even speak English, but they can <laughs> recite every word that you're saying off of any song that you play, whether it was a single or not. So it's like, nah, I, I'm, I think every every song that we put out, every single that we put out at the time, was right on time. It was for the era. It was for the people, and it was it was good choices. It was good choices because mm. all the singles that we put out had a, li- a, a real long life. Mm. And you know, like you said, it's still out there. Twenty two years later, we could perform the songs, and the crowd is going crazy like they brand new. Uh, I want to go into one of the tracks on a uh, nineteen ninety three. Uh, Ready for them with uh, featuring Heavy D. Mm-hmm. There comes the man you dig, the man you dump, the man you love, the man you hug. So come get some of the funky drum drum. Here I come, come lights, camera, funny, pull on the action. I'm the Don in the city, known for the nitty gritty. Consider me Big Willie, consider you itty bitty. I'm the youngest in the family of six. I've heard it with chicks, and then I learned tricks in the ghetto mix. I went um, wow. Heavy D passed away a little over two years ago. So, you know, just for the fans, what, what was it like, one, working with Heavy, um... And two, like, what kind of person was he? Man, Ed was a was a was a champ. He was a trooper and one of the original founders, man, of the quick tongue lyrical spit game. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ed was he was he wasn't he was complicated with his lyrics, and he was smooth, and he was a big boy that was out there dancing like he was kidding play size. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Just to see, it was so many different amazing <clears throat> heights to Heavy D. He was the coolest, one of the coolest people you could meet. Like, everything was a smile on his face. Everything, like, it wasn't a problem, let's just make it happen type of attitude. Mm. And when it came time to make them records, it wasn't nothing for him to go in and write his and, 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 and knock it out like like he already had it done. Mm. He'll come in there and tear it down. So he's truly meant... We love him to death, and his legacy is definitely going to live long. I want to ask you about a couple more songs, and I have a lot of favorites. Uh, Uptown Anthem, I've always, I, I've always thought it in a weird way as a kind of a, kind of a, a tribute to the rhyming style of Kane and Rakim. Me and Ben Rock with spots and flocks and groups and troops with timber boots and jail suits. That's how I roll in my head do dope. When the will I got, won't and competition ain't dope. Beat your break, your broke, your smoke, your take, your senior to your little group on mute. Uh, was that were they kind of the inspiration behind your flow or or is this I mean obviously it's your own flow as well and also what was the inspiration also behind that song I think artists like I think I'm a combination of everybody I grew up on everybody I admire Big Daddy Kane Rakim Slick Rick Coogee Rap Run DMC LL Cool J 
I feel as though like my when my when I first started, in order for me to get my own style, all of them was in me. Because that's what I grew up listening to. And I pretty much, I know when I first came out, I sounded more like LL Cool J than anybody else. Going to another song, Everything Gonna Be Alright. Um, mm-hmm. Was that, I mean, just, was that the hardest song you've ever written? Um, not in terms of, I mean, yeah, just all over. I mean, was it a hard song to write or did that just come out? The same? Um, I think probably the, the, the hardest song for me to ever to write was Mourn You Till I Join You, the tribute to Tupac. Okay. That was probably the hardest song for me to write. Was 90 on the PE tour when we met. Damn, don't even seem like seven years past. Both roadies now, homies out the hood on the scene. You did the Humpty with the U, I did the Watt with the Queen. Was a dream, smoking and drinking through Aberdeen. I mean, you guys were close friends, right? Yeah. So Ghetto Bass was basically like a, a biography of my life. Right. So it was actually easier right because I knew the story right. yeah and the track was so melodic and everything else certain songs I'll say like once I hear the beat the, the beat write the rhymes because I don't know even know where the lyrics just come from but before I turn around it's like the song is done and it's just everything it should have been It's amazing that for you, a lot of rhymes, you know, come off effortlessly, and it doesn't sound like it's coming off effortlessly. It, like each lyric yes. obviously has a thought to it, um, uh-huh. and obviously your flow is tight, and it's been, been, you know, it's been amazing for the last 20, 22 years. So, Chuck said, I just want you to get your reaction to this. Uh, Treasures the king, a real cat who has embraced the equality of rappers in regions terribly overlooked. Naughties are ambassadors. I want to just get your reaction to that. Wow. I mean, coming from Chuck, man, he's one of the originals. He's one of the the ones that, like I said, in that era, Public Enemy, that's all. That was another group that all I listened to. So I guess the, the militant side of me was the Chuck side that, that rolled off on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? The more political, politically influenced type of lyrics definitely came for spawning from from the vibe from Chuck D. So, I mean, we we looked at, we learned a lot from everybody that's coming. Another thing we learned from Public Enemy, which Public Enemy was the first to do, was like just really brand their clothing mm. and their logo. You knew that PE logo anywhere. You knew when you saw Public Enemy in bold print, you wanted one of those shirts. You wanted one of those hats. So when we came out, we was like, yo, even from the days when, before Naughty, when we were new style, we had our own jackets, we had our own, you know what I mean, our own cold look and everything else, because we know, like, yo, we got to go out there and really brand our brand. 
and put it out there so the world knows that even if the brand ends up being bigger than the group itself, you know, because we never knew how many records we would end up selling. So we were doing everything on a mind state of, you know what, we need to really just put full force in everything to make sure this group is going to be successful one way or the other. And people are going to know this group once they mention it years down the line as one of, we wanted to be known as one of their favorite groups. Was it, when you guys first came out, I mean, obviously, uh, this rap wasn't that as popular as it is now. I mean, there was, you know, in the 90s, there were so many driving forces against it. I mean, some radio stations refused mm -hmm. to play it. Um, was that ever a deterrent for you guys, or was that nah. just more of an inspiration? That was an inspiration, because we was like, look, man, we got we to gotta come out here and get a part of this game. Mm. Like, we didn't know what the radio stations was going to do. We didn't know what the video outlets was going to play. We thought, like, really our stuff was going to be too hard for them to even accept. And especially when we had, like, the concept or the title, I mean, the uh, concept OPP, we was like, as soon as they find out what this means, <laughs> nobody's going to play this song. So we was like, yo, let's just go for it. Wow. Let's go for it. See, put it out there. It's good music to us. It's catchy. We like it. So if the label is behind it, they're going to work it. Hey, what we got to lose? Right. We got a shot at it. Let's go. And this, we ain't in, this, in the business of being scared. If we made it in the streets. We could come out on this industry. It ain't nothing that's going gonna, to gonna deter anything that we want to do out here. And we had the great leader, Queen Latifah. So we were really feeling ourselves like we got this. That was part two of my interview with Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Follow me on Twitter at The Library with Tim. That's at The Library with Tim. Keep it locked to www.rapstation.com. Peace. You about to feel the chronicles of a bionicle, lyric, lyrically spitting, dismissing. I'm on a mission and just hitting. Now it's written and kitten, hitting with mittens. I'm missing, wishing, man, listen. I glisten like sun and water while fishing. Bust the move in this word. Serve words with nerve embedded. I said it word. Damn, you nerd, man, you heard. Coming from the town of Illy and alleys are full of fillies and rallies. Suckers get silly and sally and found in alleys and rally.
that we was back in the days with the justice we'd have been known as the flows. Revenies since the 70s find me. So we went crazy in the 80s, so we woke his heinies in the 90s. Oops, the naughties, troops in sections of 40. So clap your hands and hold your shorty, I'm naughty. What's up, y'all? This is Tim Einicke with The Library. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. That's at The Library with Tim. That's at The Library with Tim. Also, check me out on rapstation.com for my full interviews and also updates from all the And You Don't Stop crew. Massively, 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 massacre, not by What is it like, for those who don't know, what is it like working with Queen Latifah? It's like working with royalty. <laughs> <laughs> when you got somebody that's in the game that had the respect that she had, that had the, the know-how, had her own company, started her own businesses, management, records out, this, that, and the third, movies, you like, yo, this is a great, a great person to follow, follow the lead on right here, and we just from the same neighborhood, so it all clicked. Like the stars just was aligned by doing that, and to see somebody that you know in talent shows and everything else, and see them finally come out and make it, and then want to make you a part of their enterprise and their empire. I mean, it was just hands down like, wow, this is basically a dream coming true. You obviously have been, you know, you obviously think towards the future, and you're obviously not just an MC, but you're an actor. So I was wondering, what you've been in a boatload of films and television series. What what, what made you decide to go into acting? Latifah. <laughs> she was, she actually had me read for the role of Bishop and Juice. Right. Pop got it because he was a great great actor. Me at the time, I'm just going in there reading lines. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, <laughs> but it was an opportunity for me to just try it. So what I did is went in did the best I could do and it wasn't good enough but it, it opened my eyes to a whole different world I never thought in my life like I'll be going out reading for acting roles never Not Even Nature obviously has a bunch of albums I was wondering what's your favorite album and your favorite song by you guys so far wow I re- it's, it's, we always get asked that but it's like it's the answer is like the truth is it's like each song is your kid. Each each album is a part of your family, so you love them all. I mean, it's different types of songs. It's so many over the years. It's not really one that I say, you know what, my favorite song, because all of them are different. All of them, it's not like, okay, every song Naughty comes out with is that type of club, anthem, chanty, sing-along type of record. You know, I maybe would have one if all of them were the same in bass, but... I like different styles of records and movies. That's why I write them like that. I love being just 
out the box and do things that no one else is doing. I like the hardcore records. I like the party records. I like the tearjerkers. I like the sexy records. So, man, I just like, I like albums. I like complete, well-rounded, entertaining albums. So, man, I love them all. Like, I could get an album of hours and I could sit down and listen to it and just be like, wow. Like, it would just take me through a time machine. And I'll sit down and appreciate it. How do you stop from repeating what you write? I don't know. That's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty good question because, I mean, I think with me, I've, I've always been, like, real deep into different concepts of television, uh, I mean, reading and different countries just going in and finding out different cultures and I think just expanding the brain, if you're just stuck on the same thing, you're going to sound the same. If you haven't ventured out of your comfortable block in your mental, it's like everything will sound the same and you'll start repeating it. But it's like me, I always, if anything even sounds remotely similar to something else I do, I go on a whole different path. Because that's the last thing I want to do. Like anybody comparing, well, those albums there sounded just alike. Or what they're talking about now it's the same thing they was talking about 20 years ago. When if you're still talking about that, it's like you, you, you're kind of trapped. <laughs> you really aren't, haven't expanded. Because with times changing, it's like it's always, to me, every day that, that, that pops up is a whole different chapter of something going on, something to write about. Whether it's the news, like oh, I, I could sit and watch the news all day. I could sit and watch <laughs> animal planning. I could sit and watch bios on different countries starting and wars and you know what I mean I'm just interested in a whole different facet of you know just a regular what may be your regular four or five channels that people watch on television I want to see what's on what's going on all over Mm. so I think that plays a part in keeping the rhymes relevant up to date and not going back and just repeating and sounding the same over and over again I think one thing that a lot of fans appreciate about about you is that um, you could spit without a beat, um, and it kind of sounds like you're, you're you're as you're spitting. It kind of sounds like the beat. There is a beat there, but obviously there isn't a beat. So I want to know, like, what is what would your favorite beat be to spit on? I don't know. It'd probably be like me. I'm, I'm, I come up on an era to break beats, hmm. substitutions, and 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 and, and break in like original drum tracks. So I like open boom bat types of tracks. You know what I mean? Where you can hear the lyrics. Right. Where it's not like, you know what, that song is hot because I like the beat. Right, right. The beat plays a very important part, but I want the, you to like the song that I'm on because of my lyrics as well. I want it to be a full package. So when a lot of the records that I do write, I write to no tracks. So I guess that's why it sounds... Like, you know, because I write it off a, a, a beat in my head. And I guess that's why rhythms could come, different rhyme formats could come as well because you're not listening to the track and it's basically baiting the way you're going to spit the flow on it. You're making up your own flow before it even hits the track. Oh, so so you, so when, you, when you're writing, you have a totally different beat and you usually have a totally different beat in your, in, in your head and then... When you, when usually it goes, it's just it's usually it's just a I get an idea for a rhyme 
and then I'll just start writing that. And it's funny that you said before, like, how do you keep from doing? If it sounds like a similar flow that I did, I'll switch it right there before it even starts. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's, that's the method to the madness. It's like sometimes I can write to a track, and a lot of times I don't. Like if I'm on a roll, like now with technology and everything, so you can get an email to your phone, beats. You can always have a track. Right. But before it wasn't like that. You had to wait for somebody actually to give it to you. I had to wait for K. You know, we might have just did a whole week in the studio, knocked out three, four songs, and now he has to go back in the lab and, and make some other tracks. So before, I, with the waiting process on any tracks that was coming through, I never had to wait. I'm like, yo, let me just put some ideas together now so when the tracks come, um, I, I kind of got a head start. Real quick, what's the best way for people to keep, stay in, you know, stay in the loop of what you're doing? Oh, they can hit me up on Twitter at Trigger Tretch, T R I G G E R T R E A C H. That's my my blast out to everybody. They are you can always get me there. So let them know. Hit me up on Trigger Tretch, um, on, on Twitter and from the tours, from the movies, from any and everything that I'm doing. Is promoted straight on there, and it's me directly. It's not like I got somebody else handling it. It's me straight up. So they could get up close and personal and, and, and really be a part of the ride. Hip-hop parade towards. Can't believe it's been 20 years. Uh, Naughty by Nature's the group. Treacher's the artist that I'm speaking to. Tretch, thanks so much for joining me on the library today. Thanks a lot, sir. One love.
It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.